Welcome to the presence of the Lord. And as you know, this time we spent most of the time in studying the Word of God. Hallelujah. The Bible says that there was nothing that was made without the Word. So this is why we spent much time on the Word. Because once you come into knowledge of the Word of God, then when you pray, Jesus said, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, then ask. See, the word has to be in you. When the word of God is in you, then you ask in accordance with the will of God. So John said, this is the confidence we have in approaching him. That if we ask anything according to his will, then he hears us. You see, so in order for God to hear you, you have to come into knowledge of the word. Why is this important? When you believe the word of God, then it means you are in faith. Because the scripture says, without faith, It is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. So when you are in faith, it means you are in line with the will and the purpose of God. So this is why we spend more time on the word of God. But this morning, I want us to say a simple prayer. I want you to open up your heart. Because the Bible says that in His presence there is fullness of joy and at His right hand there are eternal pleasures. And as we've been studying, that, that, there are, that we're studying the causes of unbelief. And one of the causes is the absence of the Word of God. And that absence of the Word of God is, is because people do not pay attention to the Word of God. So we want to ask the Holy Spirit to soften our heart. Anything, whether being of the flesh, whether being of Satan, that we rebuke anything that becomes a stumbling block. To the gospel, anything that becomes a stumbling block for, to the word getting in our heart. And so, Father, this morning we come before you, and together with everyone at the sound of our voice, we present ourselves before you this morning. This morning we have gathered in your name. And at first, the scripture says that in all things we should give thanks because it is your will for us in Christ Jesus. The great I am, the Almighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of your kingdom, there is no end. Oh, Heavenly Father, this morning we acknowledge your presence in this place. Great, mighty, Holy Spirit of God, take absolute control of this meeting in the name of Jesus. Oh, speak to us and bring the light of the word of God to our spirit that we will have readiness of faith to walk in the light of your ways in the name of Jesus. Lord of heaven and earth, the scripture says, in your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are eternal pleasures. My God and my Savior, I thank you, O oh God, that you have heard us this morning. I thank you that you have opened the hearts and the minds of everyone at the sound of my voice. That your word will get in, in the name of Jesus. The scripture says we've been called to further the faith of the elect. This morning we've gathered to feed on your holy word. Oh, let not the word come to us. And let us just be a hearer of it. But also a doer of the word. But before we can be a doer of the word, then it means we have to believe the word. It means our heart has to be opened to your word. This morning, Father, oh, let our heart be softened so that the word can get in. So that we would have readiness of faith to walk in the fullness of your glory in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We come against any principalities and powers and rulers of the dark world that stand against your word. 
any spirit of unbelief, any lying spirit, we stand in the name of Jesus and we command every mouth of the enemy to be shut right now in the name of Jesus. Father, that everyone at the sound of my voice will not hear from a man, but they will hear the spoken word of God, your written word that comes with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, the word born of your Spirit. That is able to divide spirit and soul so that your spirit will be separated, separated from the soul. That the word of God can get into your spirit. Oh glory to God. Father we thank you that you have heard us this morning. We thank you that you have opened our spirit to come into the revelation of your word. That Lord that I would have readiness and faith to walk in the light of your glory. In Jesus mighty name. In Jesus mighty name. Thank you Lord that you have heard us this morning that you have opened up our spirit to come into the light of your word in the name of Jesus and Father I want to say this prayer for everyone who has tuned in Father they have tuned in because they do not want to hear from a man they want to hear from you I am just a vessel Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, let, let the light of your word, the anointed one, glory to God, because your word itself is anointed. Let it go forth with power, with authority in the name of Jesus, that everything hidden in scripture will be open to our spirit, oh God. Open up our heart, oh God, and help us to receive the light of your word in the name of Jesus. Help us to receive this light of your word in the name of Jesus. My God, my Savior, let your glory be revealed this morning. The Lord, anyone who has tuned in who came here with a burden on your heart, the Bible says you do not send your word in vain, but always come to fulfill that which you desire and accomplish the purpose for which you sent it. The scripture says that after you've lifted up the Son of Man, that you will know that I am He. So just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, and so the Son of God must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He said, Oh, the Word of God is life to those who find it, and help to all their flesh. So, Father, I present anyone at the sound of my voice going through any form of hardship, difficulty, or sickness. Is as we study the word of faith, the word of healing. Lord, let the healing anointing of the Lord Jesus saturate that part of the body that is suffering from infirmity. In the name of Jesus, the Bible says, the entrance of your word gave it light. The light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. That every seed of Satan will rebuke in the name of Jesus. <coughs> that the word will bring them healing that the word will saturate them and set them free from whatever binds them in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus thank you Lord Jesus the scripture says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and how you went about doing good and healing all so healing belongs to you as the word of God goes forth as the word of God comes to you open up your heart to receive the word because the subject that we're studying is healing so as you open up your spirit to receive the word, you begin to see that the part of the body suffering from that infirmity begins to get well because the entrance of his word 
give it light. It is impossible for darkness to remain where the word of God has been released in faith. So open up your heart as the word comes. You see, this word is not only focused on healing, but this principle of the word applies to everything that we do in this life. Applies to the life in Christ Jesus. It's a life of faith. So open up your heart. That the spirit of a living God will open up your understanding to the word of God. That the wisdom of the word, glory to God. The wisdom of the word will set you up on a course. Will set the light before you. So you can walk a straight path for the glory of God to be revealed in your life. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Be glorified in this place. Be exalted above all. It is you we glorify that, Lord, you may be revealed to everyone in the sound of my voice. That they will not just hear from a man, but the word of God that comes with power, that comes with authority. We thank you this morning that you have heard us. Oh, the scripture says, this is the confidence we have in approaching you. That if we ask anything according to your will, that you hear us. Then if we know that you hear us, then we know that we have what we've asked of you. That no seed of darkness, any unclean spirit battling with anyone in the sound of my voice. You hear the word of God, you see the Satan. I command you now in the name of Jesus. Any spirit of confusion, any form of mental depravity, I rebuke you now in the name of Jesus. Get out of this atmosphere. Get out now in the name of Jesus. That the glory of the risen Christ, the power and the anointing of the word will saturate every heart, saturate every mind, saturate every body and the sound of our voice. That they will know that Jesus is still the same yesterday and today and forevermore. That it is Christ that we preach, not ourselves. Father, I thank you for what you have done and for what you continue to do this day in Jesus' mighty name. That everyone who are still in here, oh God, will not leave here the same way they came, but will leave with the power and the anointing of the word saturating your heart. That everything on your heart, that which is in line with your word, will be fulfilled to the praise of your glory and to the praise of your holy name. We thank you that you have heard us this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. So welcome once again. Um, so this is Saturday teachings that uh, we do uh, every Saturday from 9.30 to 11.30. Uh, so our main focus is the studying of the Word of God. So you can take this as Bible teachings. And so in this teaching, we take our time to study the Word of God. We go into details in the Word of God. And so if you are the sound of my voice, if there's something on your heart that you've been expecting God to come through for you, especially for today, what we're studying uh, will be of benefit to you. Because this principle applies to almost everything we do in this life. So I want you to pay attention uh, to the word of God that is, that is coming to you. And so i like to give a, a brief background uh, for what we're discussing now, what we started and where we're going. So we started this series on the foundations of the faith. The foundations of the faith because faith is what brought us into Christ Jesus. So if you are the sound of my voice and you have given your life to Christ, that came by faith. 
And so the scripture tells us in Ephesians 2 that it is by grace that we have been saved through faith. And that this is not of ourselves, but it is the gift of God that was given to us in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So you heard the message of salvation. You heard that Jesus died for you according to the scriptures. And you believe the word in your heart. Not just a mental agreement. You did not just receive the word, but you believed it and you professed it with your mouth. And that salvation, which has already been fulfilled through Christ, became reality in your life. And so the scripture tells us in John 1, the verse 12. He said, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So you first have to receive the word. And then you believe the word. It is when you believe the word of God that it becomes of benefit to you. And I believe this is something that we're going to discuss today. And we'll get into into it deeper as we go along. But one of the things that I have come to understand from scripture that the spirit has made known to me is this. There are many receivers of the word of God in the church today. But we see little demonstration of the glory of God in the lives of many. Why is this happening? Because many receive the word, but they are slow to believe the word of God because of a hardened heart. And so this is why we started this series, that we want to understand certain basic principles concerning our faith. And so we started what, what, what? We started on what faith is, where faith comes from, how we came into this faith in Christ Jesus. And then we, we moved from there, uh, and then we looked at how to demonstrate our faith. And in the demonstration of our faith, we picked up several practical applications. We started with salvation, which is living in the righteousness of God. And we looked at how we can demonstrate our faith for righteousness. And so you may ask, why do I have to demonstrate my faith? If I've just believed in Christ Jesus, why can't I just live my life the way I do it? Because the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. And the scripture says, In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. So if the prophet Habakkuk spoke in the old covenant about living by faith, and then the church in Corinth, the Spirit of the Lord spoke through the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth to live by faith, then it means faith is important. We also read in Hebrews 11 that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. James goes further to talk about faith without works is dead. And he gives us an example that Abraham's faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete in action. And so in order for that faith which you have received in Christ Jesus to become of benefit to you, or to see the glory of God, then you have to demonstrate that faith. And so we, look at, we looked at how to demonstrate our faith. And so we started off looking at something that has been fulfilled through Christ. For instance, salvation and healing. And we talked extensively about salvation, that how you demonstrate your faith for salvation, that is, how, to, how you demonstrate your righteousness that you have received by faith, is by living in love. That's the summary. 
That if you live in love, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is the demonstration of your faith. So the Bible says, whoever does not live in love does not live in God because God is not in them. So he said, if you hate your brother or sister, you walk in darkness because the darkness has blinded you. You do not know where you're going because God is love. So love was given to us as a commandment in a new covenant to, to show or to be the sign of the completeness of our faith. And in the same way, Abraham was given the same command. Abraham was justified by faith. But after Abraham was justified by faith, God gave him a specific command to act in the natural so that his faith would be made complete in action. And the command Abraham received was the circumcision in the flesh. And so you read the, the book of Hebrews, the scripture tells us, uh, the book of Romans, the Bible says the circumcision that he received was a sign, a seal of the righteousness he had received by faith. Why? Because faith without works is dead. As long as you live, then you have to live by faith. And how you live by faith is by walking in the light or demonstrating or acting on the word or the commands that we have received from Christ. And so some people go to the Ten Commandments. In the New Covenant, the Ten Commandments is summed up in love. And so Jesus said, behold, I give you a new command. And this command is to love one another. And so how to live in a righteousness that you have received by faith in Christ Jesus is to walk in love. And this love is not the love in the world. It's not the love that is dependent on what people do. It is the love of God. The Bible says that the love of God has been poured out into our heart through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And so the love we live is not a love based on what people do. It is not a love based on how people treat us. It is the love we live because we have the love of Christ in us. So we show love to everyone, whether they are our friends, whether they are our enemy. It doesn't matter because the love of God has been poured out into our heart through the Holy Spirit. Then when you live in love, then it means you live in God. Hallelujah. So that's how you walk in your righteousness. And if you live in love, you will not break any commandment. If you live in love, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Because as he spoke through John to the church in 1 John, he said, this is what we have heard from him and tell you that God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God. He said, behold, he gave us two commands. And the first command is to believe in the name of Jesus, which brought you into righteousness, and to love one another. Hallelujah. So if you're living in love, then you're living in the righteousness of, uh, in Christ Jesus. You're demonstrating your faith, that you have uh, your righteousness that you have received by faith. And so we looked at righteousness. And the second thing we picked up was healing. Why did we pick healing? Because these were two things that were fulfilled by Christ Jesus on the cross. And so we reference Isaiah 53, which says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. Talking about uh, our salvation. He was crushed for our iniquities. And he said the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his stripes, we are healed. So this was the prophecy spoken through the prophet Isaiah. But that prophecy was fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. And so salvation and healing came together just as prosperity because the bible says god redeemed us from the curse of the law and you read the old testament the curse of the law brought three things number one 
spiritual death, which salvation got us out from. Number two, sicknesses and diseases, because the Lord said, if you keep my commands, I will take sicknesses from among you, and the number of your days you shall, you, I will fulfill. Glory to God. So that's number two. And number three is poverty. Number three is poverty. He says, if you follow my commands, I'll open your bounds. You see, he said, you will go out and frolic like a well-fed calf. Glory to God. And so these are three things that were given to us in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And so how do we then live in it? Because we hear so much about this grace of God that we have received. But how do we walk in it? All these things came to us by faith. The moment you believed in Christ Jesus, you, you gained access to these three things. Number one, you were saved. That salvation brought you into the inheritance in Christ Jesus. And one of those inheritances is healing. Healing, the scripture says, is the children's bread. It belongs to you. So now we started looking at a practical application. If healing is the will of God for me, how do I walk in it? So where we, start, we, we first started by looking at whether healing is the will of God. And from the scripture, we came to understand that healing is the will of God for everybody. And the next question is, if healing is the will of God for everybody, why is it that many are still sick in the church? Why is it that so many people, if the scripture says, by his stripes, that you were healed? Not just one scripture, as I prophesied it. And you read Matthew 8 from the verse 17. Let's start from the verse 14. The scripture says, when Jesus went into Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was now with a fever. The scripture says he bent over her, you know, recounting or putting together the account of Matthew and Luke. Uh, and the scripture says, he bent over her and touched her hand and rebuked the fever. The Bible says the fever left her. The scripture says in the evening they brought all the sick people and the Lord Jesus healed all of them. Not some of them, all of them. And those filled with impure spirits, he drove out the spirit with the word. And the Bible says in the verse 17, Matthew, Matthew 8 verse 17, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. And so it means healing in the new covenant exists as a fulfilled word of God. And what we learned when we talk, when we're discussing how to demonstrate our faith is that when the word of God has been fulfilled through Christ, all you need to do is to hear the word, believe the word in your heart and speak the word. And so we went at length to describe the three forms of God's word, the spoken word of God, the specific word of God and the fulfilled word of God. This, this spoken word is the word of God you speak. To translate those things that God has established in the spirit for his children into manifestation in the natural. Why? Why do we have to speak the word of God in order to translate those things that God has established for us into manifestation in our lives? Because we understood from scripture that God is spirit. In John 4, we remember when Jesus had an encounter with a Samaritan woman. He said, a time is coming and now has come. Where true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And the scripture says, these are the kinds of worshippers the Father seeks. Why? Because God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Glory to God. So if God is spirit, and we also read in John 3, that when Jesus had an encounter with, 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 a, with Nicodemus, 
who was a teacher of the law, Jesus said that the flesh gives birth to the flesh and the spirit gives birth to the spirit, which means God, who is the spirit, has given birth to us. And the birth that he gave of us is the birth of the spirit. So when you became born again, when you believed in Christ Jesus and took him as your Lord and Savior, it was not your flesh that was born again. It was not your mind that was born again. It was your spirit. Why? Because God is spirit. And excuse me. Hallelujah. Because God is spirit. And the things of God are established in the spirit. Because God is spirit and his kingdom is the kingdom of the spirit. Therefore, in order for you to be able to fellowship with God, you have to be born of him. This is why you have to give your life to Christ. Otherwise, some people will tell you they are doing all the right things. They are not sinning. They don't hate anybody. They are doing good by the poor. Why do I have to believe in Christ Jesus in order to go to heaven or in order to be able to access the things of God? And I believe people have not take, uh, taken notice of this. But you read in Acts 10. The Bible says there was a, a man, a centurion, called Cornelius. The Bible says he was a devout man who did good by the poor. He prayed to God daily. Listen to this. He prayed to God daily. But the man, the fact that he prayed to God daily, the fact that he did good by the poor, doesn't mean that he was saved. And so the Bible said an angel of the Lord appeared to Cornelius and said, send for men to go to a town to go and call Peter. And when this Peter come, he will tell you words by which you, you and your household will be saved. Hallelujah. The first thing that God gave Cornelius was the word of salvation. But this man was already praying. This man was already doing good. But he was still not saved because salvation that's not come by good works, the salvation that's not come by you praying to God. And there are many who are in the house of God, many who are going to church who are not born again. So God knew that in order for Cornelius to be able to access the things of the spirit, in order for Cornelius to enter the kingdom of God, he had to be born again. And so you read back in Acts, uh, in John 3, what Jesus had encountered. With the Pharisee man, the teacher of the law, who is Nicodemus, Jesus said, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. And so the new birth is so important. And the question is, why is this important? Why do I have to be born again? Why is this new birth so important? Romans 5, the verse 1. And I'll come to Romans 5 verse 1, but this is the thought. The thought is that God is spirit. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of the spirit. And everything that God has established for his children are established in the spirit. And until you are born again, you cannot access the things of the spirit. Because one of the things you received when you became born again was the deposit of the spirit of God in you. So the Spirit of God, God put His Spirit in you so that you may have access to the things of the Spirit. So that you may, have be, able, you may be able to fellowship with God who is Spirit. Hallelujah. And so how do we know that when we got born again, we got access to the things of the Spirit? And so we read what the Spirit of the Lord spoke through the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome. 
in Romans 5, the verse 1, he said, Since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which you now stand. Glory to God. So the new birth gave you access. So this is the Spirit of God speaking through the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome, which is also for us. Again, we also see in Matthew 16, when Peter had the revelation that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus said, Upon this rock that I will build my church. The rock that Jesus was talking about was not Peter. He was talking about upon the revelation that I am the Messiah, the son of a living God, that I will build my church. Because until you come into that revelation that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God, you cannot receive the new birth. The new birth comes to you when you hear the message about Christ. Glory to God. Then you open up your spirit. Then the spirit of the Lord makes known to your spirit that Jesus died for you according to the scriptures and was raised to life for your justification. And when you believe that and you you confess that then he becomes Lord over your life. That's how you receive the new birth. And Jesus said, anyone who comes into this light, anyone who comes into the revelation that I am the Messiah, the son of a living God, becomes part of the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, behold, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Glory to God. If you, you will got born again, then it means you have these keys. Keys means access. If you have a key to a place, it means you have access to that place. Glory to God. So he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Why did we need the keys to the kingdom of heaven? Because the kingdom of heaven is a kingdom of the spirit. But we're living in natural. You see? So these are two different realms. And these are teachings that we, we've talked about in the past. But in light of what we're discussing now, just to you know, bring us all of us into alignment, I want to emphasize these things so that you can understand where we're going, why we, we, we're discussing these things. Hallelujah. And so we have access to the things of the spirit because God is spirit. The things that God has established for his people are established in the spirit. This is why nothing falls on us automatically. This is one when you got born again, although the Bible says that you have been made the righteousness of God, although the Bible says by his stripes you are healed, unless you take hold of that which is yours, it does not become a reality. Although it has been established for you in the spirit, the fact that the thing has been established for you does not mean that it will automatically fall on you. This is why someone can be born again and still be sick. Why? Until they come into the reality, the spiritual reality of the healing word of God and then act on the word or exercise their faith, take hold or take possession of that inheritance, it has not become a reality. This is why you can even have Christians who are poor, but the Bible says in 2 Peter 1 the verse 3 that his divine power has given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. You read in Ephesians 1 the verse 1 it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So here the scripture even makes known to us that the blessings of God is spiritual. But we need, we need them in the natural. So the question is, how do I translate these things that are established in the spirit for me into manifestation in my life? This is where a lot of Christians miss it. Because we have not heard teachings about these things. 
Hallelujah. And this came to me by revelation. Nobody taught me this. The Spirit of the Lord opened my eyes to these things. That the reason that many are still struggling, because many do not know that when they are born again, they have access to the things of the Spirit. And some may even know that they have access to it, but they do not know how to translate those things that are established in the Spirit into full manifestation in their lives. So if you don't know that something, if you don't know how to use something, it will not be of benefit to you. So this is why the scripture says in John 1, the verse 12, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, listen to this, he gave them the right to become children of God. So you see that if you have a right to something, the thing does not automatically, automatically come. You have to exercise that right. And so our exercising of the right is taking possession of that which is ours in Christ Jesus. And you can only take possession by faith. This is what we're, we're tackling the subject of faith. Because when we received this inheritance, when we got born again, the Bible tells us that we received a double inheritance. So you read in John 1, the verse 14, the scripture says, Out of his fullness, who is fullness? The fullness of Christ. We have received grace in place of grace already given. What grace was already given? He said, for the law was given through Moses. So we hear much about, oh, now we live in a covenant of grace, which is true. But the old covenant also came by grace. Glory to God. So you are not the only person living by grace. But we did not only receive grace. The Bible says, out of his fullness, we've all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came. By Christ Jesus. So we do not only receive grace, but we also received the truth. So we hear so much about the grace of God. We hear so much about the grace of God, but we hear very little about the truth. This is why many are still struggling. This is why many are still sick. Because the grace of God has established everything for us by it's in the spirit. So you remember in Ephesians 2, the verse 8, is that it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Saved through faith. But it is by grace. Why? Because the grace of God has established the salvation for you, but it's in the spirit. But until you come to the point of faith, the word that salvation does not become a reality for you. Glory to God. This is what the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That although Jesus died for everybody, but not everybody is a believer. Why? The grace has already established salvation for everyone on the surface of this planet. But it is only a few who are now born again. It's only a few who are now children of God. Why? Because it's either they have not heard it, and so they have not believed, and that is the truth. The truth is the word of God. How do we know? John 17, verse 17. Jesus prayed for all believers. He said, Father, truly for them I sanctify myself. He said, Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So this truth is the word of God. So when we got born again, what we received was not just grace, but it was also the truth, which is the word of God. This is why he prophesied through the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 33. He said, I'll write my laws in their heart and I'll put them on their minds and there will be my people and I'll be their God. Glory to God. So the truth of God's word has been made real to us by way of the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So this is the new birth. 
You received grace and truth. So the grace has established the blessings of God. The grace has established the promises of God. The grace has established the giftings of God. The grace has established the healing of God for you. But it's in the spirit. But you need those things to manifest in the natural. This is why God did not only give you the grace, but he gave you the truth. And the truth is the word of God. Hallelujah. John 17 verse 17. And give you another scripture, John 8, the verse 30 to 32. The Bible says, when Jesus taught the people, many did not believe. To those who had believed, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. So you see, it is not the grace that set you free. The grace has established everything for you, but it's in the spirit. But it is the truth, which is the word of God, that translates those things that are established in the spirit into manifestation in the natural. Glory to God. So when you move away from the word of God, it is impossible to see the glory of God. You check people who do not know the word of God. You check people who do not focus on the word of God. You check people who do not pay attention to the word of God. It is impossible to see miracles in your life. It is impossible to see the glory of God in your life because it is the truth that translates those things that are established in the spirit into manifestation in the natural. This is why in this in these sessions we focus on the word. Because many have come into knowledge of the grace of God. Many have come into knowledge of what God is able to do. If you ask believers, they will tell you God is able to heal. They will tell you God is able to perform miracles. They will tell you God is able to bless them. But why aren't they blessed? Why aren't they healed? Why why do they still have sickness in their body? Because they have not come into knowledge of the truth. It is the truth that will set them free. And the truth is the word of God. And guess what? Romans 10 verse 17. Therefore, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So this is what the Bible says. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. James says, without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. Because the faith comes by the word of God. So it is the word of God that is the source of faith. Faith that's not come by prayer. Faith that's not come by laying on of hands. Faith that's not come by anointing with oil. Faith comes only by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you examine the New Testament. The Bible said when Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And the Bible says they came to hear him and to be healed. Why? Because if they do not hear, they will not have faith to receive. Although the grace of God in the fullness of Christ has been made real to them, but they can only receive it by faith. And this faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is what the Bible says in, in the book of Mark. That in Nazareth, Jesus could do no mighty work. Not that he won't. He could not. Why? Because the Bible says he marveled at their unbelief. They heard the word, but they did not. They rejected the word of God. So there the scripture says, Jesus could do no mighty work except lay hands on a few sick people and get them healed. So the works he did in Samaria, the works he did in Capernaum, the works he did in Galilee, he could not do in his own hometown. Why? Because they would not believe. It didn't mean that Jesus was not ready to heal them, but they could not receive it because they were in unbelief. This is why we're discussing the subject of faith. Because this is the foundation of everything in Christ Jesus. Without faith, 
It is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. So this is all we're discussing this subject. And so the grace has established the blessings of God for you. The promise of God for you. So if you're waiting on God to do something for you, the reason maybe it may be delaying might be because you have not come into knowledge of the truth. You don't know what the word of God says concerning that. But the moment you come into knowledge of the truth, the Bible says in Psalm 116 verse 130, the entrance of his word giveth light. Is it when you have not, when you do not know the word of God, you are in unbelief. And that's what we're going to discuss. The causes of unbelief and how it manifests itself in our life and the solution. Hallelujah. And the solution. And so we, we looked at how to take hold of that which is ours by faith. So we discussed extensively faith. And then we moved on to look at this righteousness in Christ Jesus. And then we transitioned to healing. And so now what we're discussing is healing as it pertains to what Jesus fulfilled for us. That healing belongs to us. And so we started by saying, why aren't people healed? That's the first question we asked. Why is it that Jesus fulfilled this word for us? The same people who were able to receive salvation by faith can now receive healing by faith. Why is it many are not healed? And one of the introductory messages we discussed, and it's on the podcast. I, I, I shared a podcast. So if you have not listened, I, I, it's free. You, 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 uh, I can share that with you. If you're not on the platform, we can share that with you so that you can listen to it. It will bless you. I listen to it uh, multiple times and it's, it keeps blessing me because sometimes I'll set out to speak about something, something different that I prepared. Uh, something and then the spirit would take us in a different route in these meetings we allow the holy spirit to move so whatever the spirit uh, um, that wherever he directs it that's where we go the scripture said they that are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god hallelujah and so we discussed extensively about why aren't people healed and the first thing that we discussed was that many have not come into the understanding of the inheritance and the promise of healing in christ jesus that's why I, I spoke briefly about understanding our inheritance. That we did not just receive grace, but also grace and truth. And the truth is the word of God. And the word is the source of faith. And so essentially, it is the grace that has established everything for you in the spirit. But it is the truth, which is the source of faith, that helps you to translate those things that are established in the spirit for you into manifestation in your life. So until you have faith, until you come into knowledge of the word of God and believe it, you cannot translate what God has established for you in the spirit into manifestation in the natural. You can cry all you want. You can shout all you want. You can pray all you want. You can get all the men of God in the world to pray for you nothing will ever happen for you because without faith it is impossible to please God without faith it is impossible to receive anything from God this is why many are still struggling because they are looking for something other than what the Bible says or how to translate the promise of God the blessings of God out of the spirit into manifestation in their lives hallelujah so then we're looking at healing now number one why aren't people healed? Because they have not come into the understanding of the inheritance and the promise of healing in Christ Jesus. Number two is that many have not come into the spiritual reality and the authority of the word of God. The word of God is the healer. And so we looked at the, how healing was in the old covenant and how healing now is in the new covenant. And we understood that the healing in the old covenant, <clears throat> you know, I spoke about 
the three different forms of God's word. See, the word, the truth is the word of God. But this word of God is in three formats. This came to me by revelation. There's the spoken word, the word that you speak. There is a specific word, the word that you act on. And when you have spoken the word of God, and when you have acted on the word of God, then when the word comes into full manifestation, then we have what we call the fulfilled <clears throat> word of God. Hallelujah. And so faith comes either by the spoken word, either by the specific word, or, or, or by the fulfilled word of God. But what we're discussing now, because there are, two, there are two forms of the fulfilled word. There is the fulfilled word that we act on. So for instance, if you want God to do something for you, and the word of God comes to you, and you act on the word, you see, the word becomes fulfilled in your life for that particular thing that you want God to do for you. You can't replicate that. Unless another word comes to you and then you act on the word, then you receive that thing again. But until that, you can't replicate it. But there is a fulfilled word of God that is through Christ. What Jesus fulfilled is replicable. Salvation. This is why everyone, people have been receiving salvation forever. And they're still receiving it. Other people are receiving it. It is replicable. It can be done multiple times. Healing is also an example of a fulfilled word. It was fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. And so it can be replicated because you may need healing at different times. But whenever you need healing, you can leverage the word of God as the healer. And you will be healed. I've been healed multiple times by the word of God. Even my wife healed multiple times by the word of God. People that I know that I've shared the word of God with who are not even Christians. But later by the healing power of God, give their life to Christ. You know, somebody... In Switzerland, she, she was suffering severe, from severe pain, admitted for hospital, in the hospital for two weeks. They, they've done all the tests. The doctors could not help them. But the moment I shared the word about Christ to her and I prayed with her instantly, all the pain left her body. Why? Because the entrance of the word of God gave it life. The word is the healer and the word is Christ Jesus. How do we know? John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. So God never did anything without His Word. So just imagine, if God never did anything on this planet without His Word, why are Christians trying to get things done without the Word of God? How do you think it's going to go? This is why many are still struggling. Because many have moved away from the Word of God. A lot of Christians don't study their Word, and so they don't know what the will of God is concerning the situation that they're facing. The absence of the Word of God will create a vacuum for Satan to destroy your life, although you're born again. This is why you can have, some preachers call them unbelieving Christians. They are in unbelief, not because they have not believed in Christ Jesus. They have originally believed in Christ Jesus. There is a word for every situation. There is a word for salvation, which they have received. But when it pertains to, let's say, healing, they may not know the word. So they are in unbelief regarding healing. So healing will not come to them. They will not receive it because they are in unbelief. But how can they receive Unless they have been taught. How can they hear? Unless someone has told them about it. This is why we're discussing these things. That you may understand that healing is also part of the fulfilled word of God. Hallelujah. 
And so then we looked at, in order for you to receive healing, you have to first come into the spiritual reality and the authority of the word of God. And coming into the spiritual reality and authority of the word only happens when you have received the word and you have believed the word of God. Not coming into a mental agreement with, to the word of God, but believing the word with your heart. And so we read Romans 10, verse 8 to 10. So this is the message of faith that we proclaim. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. This is why we speak the word of God. This is why when you gave your life to Christ, you had to speak. Because until you speak, you remember the spoken word? It translates the purpose of God, the promise of God, out of the spirit into manifestation in your life. And so you could not have received salvation without first speaking the word of God. So you spoke that Jesus, I take Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I proclaim him Lord over my life. That I have repented of my sins. That I receive him as my Lord and Savior. And the moment you declared him as Lord, glory to God. There was a shift. You translated that which was established in the spirit into manifestation in your life. And the same way you receive salvation is the same way you receive healing. Why? Because salvation and healing exist as a fulfilled word of God. God because we discussed that that fulfilled word of God has happened because the word has already been spoken through the prophet the Lord the word has been acted on by the Lord Jesus so now it exists as a fulfilled word of God why did why did the word have to be spoken why did the word have to be what acted on by the Lord Jesus because until God speak that which was established in the spirit that's not it's not translated out of the spirit into existence or manifestation in our realm you remember the scripture that says Jesus was crucified before the foundations of the earth. Do you understand that? Jesus was crucified before the foundations of the earth. Where did that happen? In the spirit. But until God spoke through the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Hosea, that word had not been translated. So you read the, the prophecy of Isaiah in Isaiah 53. You see, it's in past tense. Why? Because what Isaiah saw was what was in the spirit. Glory to God. What Isaiah saw was that which has already been established in the spirit. But until God spoke through his prophet, it had not been translated out of the spirit into existence in our realm. But when he spoke the word, he translated his purpose. He translated the purpose of salvation. He translated the purpose of healing out of the spirit into existence in our realm. But faith without works is dead. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Glory to God. And faith without works is dead. So this is why Jesus had to act on the prophecy for the word to be fulfilled. This is why I reference Matthew 8 verse 17 that this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Glory to God. And so now salvation and healing exist as a fulfilled word of God. And when the word is fulfilled, all you need to do is hear the word, believe the word, and then speak the word. The moment you believe the word of God in your heart, there is an evidence that springs forth in your heart. There is an evidence that springs forth in your spirit. You begin to know that, oh God, I know that I'm getting this. Oh God, I know that I am blessed. Why? Because the moment you believe it, you come into the spiritual reality of the word of God. Glory to God. This is what the Bible says. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How can you have an evidence of something you can't see?
unless that thing dwells in your heart. So this is why Romans 10 verse 8 to 10 tells us, it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Hallelujah. So that's how you came to salvation. And the same way you received salvation is the same way you receive healing. You hear the word about healing, you believe it, and you speak it. It is not just you coming into mental agreement. It is not just you accepting the word of God. Receiving the word as you're doing now is the first step. But it has to be a heart issue, a conviction in the heart that you believe that this word is true. The moment you believe the word, glory to God, you begin to see that there is a shift that happens in your spirit. There is an understanding that comes to you first. So even now, as you're hearing the word of God, if there are certain things that you did not understand, now an understanding of the scriptures, the understanding of the word of God is coming to you. So if you open up your heart, that word will get into your heart, glory to God. And you begin to see there's something that begins to stir within your belly. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 20, verse 27, that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching the inmost part of the belly, glory to God. That there is something that begins to stir within you. It is not your mind. It is your spirit. It is your heart, glory to God. That's where the word of God should be, to be your benefit. Hallelujah. That's where the word of God should be to be of benefit. And so the same way you believe that Jesus is the son of God and profess him, that is the same way you receive healing. That you believe the word of God concerning healing. It is not a mental agreement. It is a heart believing. Because the Bible says in Romans 10 verse 8 to 10, it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So until you believe in your heart, the word will never become reality. You can have people to pray for you all the time. They can pray many times, but still the healing will not manifest until the word dwells in your heart, until you have come into the spiritual reality of the word of God. And how you come into the spiritual reality of the word is believing the word in your heart, coming into a conviction in your heart that the word of God is true. The moment you believe it, you begin to see there is something that turns within your belly. There's something that turns within your spirit. That is your heart. That's your spiritual heart. And the reason that I believe it is very difficult for many to understand these things because these things are not widely thought unless the Spirit reveals it unto you. This is what we're, we're taking time to teach these things about healing. Since last year, we, we've, we've been studying the subject of healing and we're still on it because there are many that are struggling, they are believers, and they're not supposed to. But the only reason why they're struggling is not because Jesus has not established healing for them, but it is because they have not come to the understanding of how to receive healing and keep it. So this is what we're studying. So we looked at causes of unbelief. Why, why many are not healed? And then the last point we also looked at was the fact that many do not wait patiently in faith. See, you can wait for something, but how you wait for it is what makes the difference. You can wait in hope, but the Bible does not tell us to live by hope. The scripture says the just shall live by faith. 
But faith starts with hope. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you start with hope. You cannot come to the point of faith if you're not hoping for anything. Glory to God. And so faith starts with hope. But hope is not faith. So you are in hope. For instance, we're talking about healing. You are in hope for healing when you're not sick. But when you are sick, you have to learn how to transition from hope to faith. Glory to God. And we're going to tackle this very deep. Because that's, that's the subject we're discussing now. Hallelujah. We're, we're still, we're going to pick a, a, a big piece of this, of, of, this, of this understanding. And we're going to elaborate on it. And so we, we, we looked at the, the, the fact that many do not wait patiently in faith. Because not all healing manifests immediately. Some healing may take time. But one thing we do know is that you will have evidence of the word. You will have evidence of what you're hoping for in your heart before it manifests in, your, in the natural. And this is something that I, I have even seen in my own life. That sometimes I may have, let's say, a tummy upset. Then I'll speak the word of God in faith. Immediately, I may not even see any manifestation. But about an hour later, completely gone. No medicine. No medicine. Completely gone. How did that happen? Because I was convinced in my heart. And I released my faith for it. And so it happened. But for some people, when they pray, or when they, when they are prayed for, or when the word of God comes to them, and they do not see the instant manifestation of the healing, then they begin to doubt. Then they begin to say, oh, God is going to heal me sometime. And we're going to examine that clearly. God is going to heal me is hope. Or I hope God heals me. That's hope. The Bible does not tell us to live by hope. The Bible tells us to live by faith. And so we examine an example of a man in the Bible. Abraham. He was known as the father of faith. He was a man of faith. And God gave him a promise. So if you are with me, turn with me to the book of Romans. We're going to tackle this because I believe this will bless us. Before we go deep into the causes of unbelief. Let's go to the book of Romans. Romans 4. We're going to look at a practical application of how to receive this promise, this healing. And so, we read from the verse 16. I read from the verse 16. Is that, therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace, and may be guaranteed. So you see, the promise is only guaranteed in faith, not in hope. This is why many are still sick. Many are still sick because, not because God does not want to heal them. Not because God has not already established healing for them. The healing word has already been fulfilled. As we've seen from Matthew 8 verse 17, the scripture says, This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. So in the new covenant, in the era we live as believers, healing exists as a fulfilled word of God. But in order for the healing to become a reality, you have to come to the point of faith. Hallelujah. And so the Bible tells us clearly, Romans 4 verse 16, Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace. Because the grace has established it for us, but it's in the spirit. But we're living in the natural. The healing, the blessing, and everything you need, you need it in the natural. 
And he says, in order for it to become a reality in your life, then you have to come to the point of faith. The grace has already established it for you. This is where we learned that when we believed in Christ Jesus, we did not only receive grace, but grace and truth. John 1, the verse 14 and 15. Out of his fullness, we've all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came by Christ Jesus. So what is this truth? We reference John 17, verse 17. Jesus praying for all believers, all Christians. He said, Father, truly for them I sanctify myself. Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So the truth is the word of God. We also reference John 8, verse 30 to 32, where Jesus was teaching the people. The Bible says, many did not believe. But to the, the people who had believed, the Jews who had believed, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So you see, it is not the grace that set you free. The truth, which is the word of God, that is what set you free. It is the word of God that translates whatever God has established in the spirit into manifestation in your life. So if you don't know the word, then it means you are in unbelief. Because Romans 10 verse 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Glory to God. So this is why many cannot receive healing. Not because God does not want to heal them. Not because the healing that cannot manifest. Because they are in unbelief. The Bible says with unbelief, you can never See the glory of God. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. But this faith comes not by prayer. This faith comes not by laying on of hands. This faith comes not from a man of God. But faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And so the scripture here confirms it. Romans 4 verse 16. Therefore, the promise comes by faith. So that it may be by grace so that it may be guaranteed the moment you come to the point of faith it is guaranteed but then there is the next step let's go to the verse 18 the verse 18 the bible gives us one thing i love about the word of god is the spirit will make a revelation known to you and will give you a practical example in the word for you to show you that a man just like us got the same revelation did the same thing and received the, the glory of god in your lives and so we come to the verse 18 if you have your bible you can turn with me romans 4 the verse 18 the scripture says against all hope Abraham, in hope, believed. You see that Abraham had hope. He had hope. Yet, he had to believe the word of God. So the fact that you're hoping for something doesn't mean the thing will come. This is why I hardly use the word hope. Because the Bible does not tell us to live by hope. The scripture says that the just shall live by faith. He said we walk by faith and not by sight. But where does this faith come from? It doesn't come by what we think. Faith does not come by hearing what somebody says. Faith does not come by the statistics. Faith does not come by human report. Faith comes only by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And not just hearing the word, but believing the word. Because the Bible says it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. So if there is anything that you want to receive from God, if there is anything that you're expecting from God, the only way that that thing can become a reality in your life is when you come into knowledge of what the Word of God says concerning that situation and you believe the Word. 
So you may be in hope for a financial breakthrough. You may be in hope for healing. But the hope will not bring the healing to you. You can get all the people in the world to pray for you. You can get all the men of God to pray for you. You can even have Jesus come naturally now and pray for you. Nothing will happen. Why? Because without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. So Abraham learned that in order for the promise to become a reality for him, you remember what we read in verse 16, he said, the promise comes by faith. But the Bible says the situation that Abraham was facing in the natural was hopeless. Why was it hopeless? Because he was about 100 years old and his wife was about 90 years old. And by the word of God that came to him, you read the second part. You read the verse 17. This is the word of God that came to Abraham. The verse 17, Romans 1, the verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Listen to the word. The word of God that came to Abraham said, I have made you a father of many nations. But although the word says, I have made you a father of many nations, yet in the natural, it was impossible for him to bear a child. Because Sarah's womb was also dead. He was also 100 years old. According to the science, according to the natural report, it was impossible for them to father a child. For, for Abraham to father a child. It was impossible for Sarah to bear a child. But the word of God says, I have made you. And I want you to listen to the tense. It is in past tense. Why? The, the word of God speaks as though it has already happened. Because God is a spirit. No one has seen God. God is a spirit. This is why we read in 1 Corinthians 2 the verse 9. The scripture says, Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, no human mind has conceived the things that God has in store for those who love him. So these things, where are they in store? They are in the spirit. Where no human eye, no human ear, no human mind can conceive those things. Because they are in the spirit. But those things can only become reality by faith. So Abraham knew that although that in the natural, it was impossible for him to bear a child. He had two things. Two decisions. He had a decision to make. Either he believes the report which says that it is impossible for him to father a child. Or the word of God which says, I have made you a father of many nations. But why? Why was Abraham in hope? Because he was in hope of what? Wanting to become a father. So the fact that you are in hope of expectation or you are expecting God to do something for you does not mean that it will come to pass. This is why when I hear all these messages of these preachers telling people God is going to do this, God is going to do that for you, God is going to do that for you, for me it is good. But that is not the fullness of the gospel. The fullness of the gospel is by faith. Jesus said, those of you who have believed in me, Come and take possession of the inheritance which the God, your father, prepared for you before the foundation of the earth. God's work had been finished before the foundation of the earth. So the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, it says his works have been finished. But those of us who have believed, enter the rest of God. Entering the rest of God means you rest from your works. The Bible says whoever enters God's rest, rest from all their works. What is resting from all your works? Which means you're resting from every ability. Resting from your own strength. Resting from your own effort. But now depending on who? God. The word 
of God. So many say they depend on God, but depending on God is depending on his word. Because you can't see God. The only way you can depend on God is depending on what the word of God has said. So if you don't know the word, what are you going to depend on? How can you depend on God if you don't know the word of God? Hallelujah. Because the word of God is a spiritual reality for the children of God. Hallelujah. And so the Bible says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. So the fact that you're hoping that God does something for you doesn't mean you have believed the word of God. So the first thing is, why was Abraham in hope? Abraham was in hope because he had heard the promise which said, I have made you a father of many nations and he had received it. So the fact that you know that God is able to do, the fact that you know that God is able to heal, the fact that you know that God is able to bless does not necessarily mean that the blessing will come to you. This is why I mentioned that these preachings about God automatically doing something for people. You see, when you are a young Christian, when you are a young believer, the manifestation of the Spirit, the Bible says it is the manifestation of the Spirit, the glory of God will cause certain things to happen for you. And those things are signs for you to believe in God. To believe in God. Hallelujah. But when you have known Christ for a long time, when you have been a believer for a long time, the Lord expects you to have built your faith through the Word of God. This is why we study the word. Because without the word of God, your life will be chaotic. You will give a devil a foothold in your life. And so the word of God is the solid foundation of our faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. Just as you're doing now, as you're hearing the word, if you're allowing the word to get into your heart, you are building your faith. This is why in these teachings, we spend most of the time studying the word of God. Because when you come into knowledge of the word, you don't need anyone to pray for you. And I, later on, I'll give you a typical example in scripture. In Acts 16, the Bible says, as the apostle Paul preached the gospel, there was a man who was lame from birth. Just imagine, somebody who was born a cripple, lame from birth. Then he heard the apostle Paul preach the gospel about Christ. That Jesus is also the healer. That the same word that brought salvation is the same word that brought healing. The Bible says, Paul perceived that the man had faith to be healed. And so Paul said, get up on your feet. Somebody who had been lame from birth. The moment the word of God went to that person, the healing word went to that person and the person believed. Paul didn't have to pray for him. Paul didn't have to lay his hands on him. Why? Because healing has already been fulfilled through Christ. And so the moment you hear the word and you believe the word, faith spreads forth in your heart. Glory to God. And you begin to see that the thing that bothered you before is now not bothering you. That is a sign that faith has sprung forth in your heart. When you release the word by speaking the word, cause it. Commanding that situation to leave from your life, you begin to see that the symptoms begin to depart. That is the demonstration of faith. And so what did Abraham do? Abraham, the word of God that came to Abraham said, I have made you a father of many nations. But although the word said, I've made you a father of many nations, it was impossible for him to bear a child. And so I want us to read the verse 17 again. 
for us to see what word God spoke to Abraham. The scripture says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is the, uh, he is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. So Abraham already believed in God. You see, Abraham already believed in God. So the fact that you believe in Christ Jesus, the fact that you believe in God, does not mean that the promise will automatically fall on you. So you read in verse 18, the scripture says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Although he believed in God, he also had to believe the word of God concerning the situation he was facing. Until you believe the word of God concerning the situation you are facing, you do not come to the point of faith for the glory of God to be revealed in that situation. So there are many they don't bother to find out what the Bible says. They don't bother to find out what the word of God says concerning healing. So they may cry all they want. And, and it bothers me because I do know. I have seen several, so many evidence within the lives of people that have shared the word of God. with, And they receive healing instantly. People living over the phone in Switzerland who did not even know Christ. But after the healing word manifested in their life and they were healed, they gave their life to Christ. Because they came into knowledge of the truth. So it hurts me. It grieves my spirit to see people suffering from sicknesses. Because I do know. Jesus, I said, we speak of what we know. We testify to what we have seen. That Jesus is still healing the sick. That he, the word which says, by his stripes, you are healed, is a spiritual reality. But it can only become real in your life, in your body, when you have believed the word of God. And that's where we're going. So bear with me. This is an example. So Abraham already believed in God. And the Bible says that God, you see, the, the scripture is so good because he gives us why we should believe the word of God. He said, this is the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Glory to God. So the things were not in the natural. They are not in the natural, but they are established in the spirit. Because the Bible says the blessings of God are established in the spirit for us. This is what we reference Ephesians 1, the verse 1. He said, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Blessed us, not going to. Because in the spirit, it's already established. But the issue is, we need those blessings in the natural. How do we then translate it? And faith is what translated out of the spirit into manifestation in your life. So Abraham learned that although he had hope, although he already believed in God, but the scriptures in the verse 18, Romans 4, the verse 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became. Listen to that. The moment Abraham believed the word of God, the Bible says he became. But it took a year to manifest because you can't give birth within a second. So what, what, what does that became represent? What does that mean? He, the Bible is talking about the spiritual reality of the word of God. This is why we, we, we looked at extensively uh, and we discussed the reason many are not healed, one of the reasons is because many have not come into the spiritual reality and the authority of the word of God. Hallelujah. So Abraham, you can only come into the spiritual reality and the authority of the word of God when you have believed the word. 
If you don't believe the word, you can even have a mental agreement about the word. You can even shout about the word of God. You can even rejoice about the word of God. But until you believe the word in your heart, it has not become a reality. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Until you believe the word of God, it does not, you cannot come into the spiritual reality and the authority of the word. So the, the, the question many may ask is, how do I believe the word? It is first receiving the word through your mind and having a conviction in your heart that this word is true. And so Romans 10, the verse 8 to 10 tells us about how to do that. He said, this is the message of faith, that the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message of faith we proclaim. That if you believe in your heart and proclaim with your mouth, that is when the word becomes reality. And we talked about the spoken word of God. Why? Because when you begin to speak something, even though you may not believe it initially, but the more you speak it, because the spoken word, the spoken word translates those things that are established in the spirit into manifestation in the natural. And so when you speak the word, what, you, what is happening is that you are translating those things into your life. And so sometimes you have to meditate on the word of God more to speak the word of God more become you, before you come into the spiritual reality of it, before you can become convinced in your heart. This is what the Bible tells us. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. For some people, they may need to hear the word more before they can come to the point of faith. For others, it might be just this word and they will receive the word. They will believe the word and come into the spiritual reality for faith to spring forth in your heart. And so the scripture says, Abraham, he had walked with God since 75 years old. Yet he knew that he believed in God. He even had hope. Yet he had to still believe the word of God. And so the first question that I that I want to that I want to put to you is why was Abraham in hope? Why did Abraham have had to have hope first? Because this is the spiritual definition of faith. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith starts with hope. Where does that hope come from? That hope comes from knowledge of the word of God. As you're hearing now, as you hear the word of God, then, then, then you, you, you receive the word, hope spring forth in you. But hope operates at the soul realm. Hope is not in your heart. Hope is a mental realm thing. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 6, that hope observes as an anchor for the soul. God gives you that hope so that you'll be encouraged because your soul realm is where the encouragement is. You see, God gives you that hope so that you know that he loves you, that you know that he, he, he's heard you. So you receive that hope. This is what the Bible says, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. So faith starts with hope. That hope puts you in expectation. Hallelujah. But the hope will not cause the blessing to manifest. The hope will not cause the healing to manifest. But it starts with hope. 
So Abraham was in hope. That hope was so that you, you are encouraged at the soul realm, so that the emotions of the flesh, the emotion, the all the mental battle is now dulled down by you receiving the word of God, which encourages you. But the Bible says that hope serves as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. What is the inner sanctuary? That is your heart. He said, Where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. The Bible says he has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So Jesus has already entered by way of your salvation. Jesus already dwells in your heart. The Spirit of God is already in your heart. And so he says that when you hear the word concerning healing, what you do is that the word already encourages you when you hear the word. It encourages you. The understanding of the word encourages you. But when you believe the word, then the word springs forth. In your heart. But you have to allow. You have to open up your heart. To believe the word. And so you see. That the verse 18 which says. Against all who Abraham in hope believed. Aligns with the spiritual definition of faith. That should tell you something about the word of God. Because it's the spirit of God. Who penned these words of scripture. It is not the man. Who wrote this. You see the spirit of God spoke through them. And so you see that one part. Confirms the other because the same spirit. So he said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Take note of the last phrase, the evidence of things not seen. And the question is, how can you have an evidence of something that you can't see? Unless that thing dwells in your heart. If you love somebody, can somebody see that? Can you see that with your eye? Can you hear that with your ear? It is in your heart. Why? Love is of the spirit. Love is of the heart. This is where the Bible talks about the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, forbearance is the fruit of the born again human spirit. The first fruit that shows up in your heart is love. So love is not something that you can see. So love is evidence of something you can't see. Why? Because it dwells in the heart. So the only way you can have an evidence of something that you cannot see is that thing is in your heart. And so the Bible says faith is also of the heart. And that heart we're talking about is not the physical heart. We're talking about your spirit, the inner person, the real you. Because human beings are made up of three things. You have a spirit, you have a soul, and you have a body. Your spirit is the inner you. That, that, that inner person that sometimes is able to know things that your mind doesn't know. That soul realm is where your mind is. That is where science operates. That is where your natural reasoning operates. That is where the intellectual knowledge that you have acquired, they all operate at the soul realm. That is where the human emotions operate. Glory to God. And so the soul realm is where all the natural knowledge all the natural intellectual knowledge, all the natural human reasoning operates at the soul realm. And the soul realm, not that it is bad, it is good, but it has its purpose. The soul realm depends on the fact in the natural, which is the fact in the physical. So this is why in science, you cannot tell a scientist that something works unless you can prove it by the fact in the natural that it works. 
But the faith is evidence not of the physical, but evidence of the spirit. Because it is now dwell in the soul realm. It dwells in your spirit. Glory to God. And this faith comes by knowledge of the word of God. So when you believe the word of God, you will receive a conviction in your spirit that you have it. That is what Abraham had. And so the Bible says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became. He became means he came into the spiritual reality of that which God had already given him, which is, I have made you a father of many nations. And so if we apply the same word to healing, because it's applicable, the word of God says, by his stripes, you were healed. We read Isaiah 53, the verse 4 and 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The scripture says the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his stripes, we are healed. We read in Matthew 8, the verse 14 to to 17, the Bible says when Jesus went into Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was down with a fever. The scripture says he bent over her and rebuked the fever. Immediately, the fever left her. In the evening, they brought all the sick people and the Lord healed all of them. The Bible says this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. That indeed, Jesus of Nazareth took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. We also read in 1 Peter 2.24, Peter says, by his stripes, you were healed. Past tense. But the problem is, or the question is, why am I sick in my body? That's a good question. If the Bible says, by his stripes, that I were healed, why am I sick in the body? Because what Jesus fulfilled is a spiritual fulfillment. It is a spiritual reality. But um, before you can come into that spiritual reality, you have to hear the word. You have to believe the word which says, by his stripes, you are healed. The moment you believe the word of God, glory to God. Begin to spring forth in your heart concerning that healing. You begin to see that the anointing of the word, glory to God, because the word of God itself is anointed. Peace begin to spring forth in your heart. And you come into the spiritual reality that you are healed. And that is what Abraham did. Abraham, the situation in the natural was hopeless. The word says that I've made you a father of many nations. But it was hopeless in the natural doctors. The natural report said, no, you can't father a child at the age of, uh, of 99. Your wife is 90 years old. Have you ever seen a 90-year-old give birth? It is not possible according to the natural report, according to the fact in the natural. This is why Abraham transitioned from hope to faith. Because hope operates at the soul realm where the natural human intellect, natural human reasoning, which depends on the fact in the natural. So people in hope, what happens is that if you depend on hope, the fact in the natural will deceive you. And you believe the doctor's report over the word of God. This is why the Bible does not tell us to live by hope. Because hope operates at the same realm as natural human reasoning. Natural human uh, intellect, where the signs operate, that's the same realm that hope operates. Not that, not, it, it doesn't mean that hope is not good. Faith starts with hope. But that hope, you should not stay in hope. The moment you get to the point of hope, the Bible says, open up your heart and believe the word of God. 
The moment you believe the word of God, then you transition from hope to faith. And that is what Abraham did. The Bible says against all hope. Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. So you see that the moment you believe the word of God which says by his tribe you are healed. You will have evidence in your spirit. But the Bible says that evidence you cannot see. And we said the only way you can have an evidence of something you can't see if that thing is in your heart. Just like love. Hallelujah. If you love somebody, people can shout and say you are a liar, but you know within your heart. It's the same thing with faith. If you believe that the word of God which says by his stripes you are healed, no amount of human argument, no amount of anything in the flesh can convince you otherwise because you have it in your heart. This is what the Bible says. It is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith. And so the question is, the scripture says, against all Abraham who believed and so became the father of many nations. What did Abraham believe? Moving to the next step. What did Abraham believe? Let's go on. The verse 18, the same verse 18, the second phrase. He said, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him. So Abraham did not say, because I am not a father now, because my wife is not pregnant. So I am going to say, I am going to become a father of many nations. No, he had to believe the word of God just as it had been given him. If you do not believe the word of God just as, you do not transition from hope to faith. Hallelujah. And so a lot of Christians, you see, the sickness is befallen them. And the thing they begin to see, God is going to heal me sometime. And people say, if it is the will of God, he's going, he will heal me. Those people will never receive healing. Except by the grace of God, if they are just immature Christians, if they are baby Christians, that the manifestation of the Spirit may cause the glory of God to be revealed to them. But if you've been a believer for a long time, you give your life to Christ long ago, the Spirit of God expects you to have built your faith by the knowledge of the Word of God. And therefore, your healing is dependent on the Word of God. Abraham had to believe the Word of God and according to what he thinks. Not according to the statistics, not according to the doctor's report, not according to what Sarah was even saying, but according to the word of God, just as it had been said to him. The moment he believed the word of God, just as, <clears throat> scripture says, he transitioned from hope to faith. And so in this, it's the same way for your healing. If you want to receive the healing, that you have to believe the word of God just as. What does the word of God say concerning healing? By his stripes you are healed. Irrespective of the stage of that condition. It can be cancer that doctors have given up on you. I mean, we've had interactions with people who were diagnosed of cancer. And as we prayed, as we ministered the word of God to them, the, the cancer began to shrink. Glory to God. We have seen the manifestation of glory. There are several testimonies. But people healed by the word of God. But they could not have received the healing until they had believed just as. Just as. Just as. Just as. There are different forms of healing. We'll get into that. But for what we're discussing, healing by the word of God, just as 
You have to believe the word which says, by his stripes you are healed. And so you say, by his stripes I am healed. And now stand on your ground and rebuke that condition. In the name of Jesus, get out of my body for it is written. By his stripes that I am healed. You remember in Matthew 4 and Luke 4, Jesus resisted Satan with the word of God when he was tempted. Why? Because the word is the sword of the spirit. There was nothing that was made without the word of God. But in order for the word to work for you, you have to believe it in your heart. And number two, you have to believe just as. So if the Bible says, by his stripes you are healed, and you are saying, God is going to heal me, or God will heal me sometime, or if it is the will of God, he will heal me, it means you are in unbelief. You're not believing just as. And what does the scripture tell us? The Abraham believed just as it had been said to him. And the scripture says, so shall your offspring be. And the Bible says, whoever has believed in Christ Jesus is an offspring of Abraham. So if we are offsprings of Abraham, and the Bible says, just as Abraham learned how to transition from hope to faith by believing the word of God, is the same way we transition from hope to to faith. Hallelujah. He says, so shall your offspring be. And we are the offspring of Abraham because you read the previous verse. It says, he is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. He is the father of many nations. And the same faith he had is the same faith that we have. So if he had to learn how to transition from hope to faith in order for the promise to become a reality in his life, then it is the same way we have to transition from hope to faith for the healing word of God to become a reality in our lives. Hallelujah. And so the next question is, how do we know that Abraham transitioned from hope to faith when he believed the word of God? Because so far we've read, there is no mention of faith you read the verse 18 said against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. There is no mention of faith. So why, why am I saying? Why is the spirit saying that the moment Abraham believed, he transitioned from hope to faith? Let's read the verse 19. The scripture says, without weakening in his faith. Glory to God. Without weakening in his faith. Which means that the moment against all hope, the moment he believed the word of God, just as it had been said to him, he transitioned from hope to faith. Hallelujah. So this is the confidence we have. This is the light that has been shown to us. But the, that the moment you believe the word of God, just as it is written, the moment you believe the word of God, which says, by his stripes, you are healed, not going to be healed, not I hope he heals me, not let's see that he heals me. No, you have to believe just as it is written. The moment you do that, the Bible says, you transition from hope to faith. And then you, be, you have evidence of it in your heart before it manifests in the natural. So faith is actually evidence-based. Faith is evidence-based. It's evidence-based. But that evidence is not something that you can see with your human eye. It's an evidence in your spirit, in your heart. But that evidence, you can only come to that evidence when you have believed the word of God just as 
it is written. Then that's, you come into the spiritual reality of what you're hoping for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so let's continue that scripture. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. So he transitioned from hope to faith before facing the fact in the natural. And so the fact that you are believing the word of God doesn't mean that you are ignoring the sickness. The fact that, you see, when we talk about faith, people think that it's ignorance. No, 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 no. Faith is evidence-based, just as science is evidence-based in the natural. When we're talking about faith, it means that you face the fact in the natural. But you're not facing the fact in the natural with hope. You're facing it with faith. Why? Because when you face the fact in the natural with hope, because hope operates at the same soul realm as natural human reasoning, and natural human intellect which depends on the fact in the natural and so the fact in the natural may deceive you and you begin to doubt you begin to depend on physical evidence in order to believe the word of God which says by his stripes you are healed but the moment you believe the word of God in your heart you come into the spiritual reality of what you're hoping for and therefore by the evidence of the word by the evidence in the spirit you can face the situation in the natural and say that I believe that I am healed therefore you sickness I command you now in the name of Jesus get out of my body so Abraham faced the fact in the natural with faith not with hope by believing the word of God and so the scripture says without weakening in his faith he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old so now the spirit began to give us the, the description of why the situation was impossible this is what Jesus said what is impossible with man is possible with God this is why in verse 17 the spirit found it necessary to tell us this God that we are believing his word the Bible says he's the God who is able to give life to the dead and cause into being things that were not. I want us to dwell on this word for a second. The God who is able to give life to the dead. That situation may be hopeless. What you're going through may be out of bounds. What you're going through has been happening for many years. That there is no hope at all. They say that mental health cannot be healed by everybody, by anybody. That, that you cannot, you have to be on that medication for a long time. But the word of God which is coming to you says that himself took up your infirmities and bore your disease. And so you are beginning to question yourself. How is this possible? But what the Bible is saying is that the God that we serve is the God who is able to give life to the dead and calls into being. And I want you to take note of the word, calls into being. He has to speak the word. You have to speak the word of God. Just us. Before it becomes a reality. This is why we spoke about the spoken word. That until you speak Nothing happens. So you can have a heart full of faith. You may have believed that you are healed, but until you speak it. But when you're speaking, you're not speaking that I am going to be healed. No, 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 no. You speak, I am healed. Father, I thank you that I'm healed. And now we're going to see from scripture how Abraham put that into practice. Hallelujah. This is why I love the word. Because it gives you the practical example of the revelation. Hallelujah. So that is very clear. 
So he says without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old. And that Sarah's womb was also dead. Listen to this, the verse 20. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. Why? Why that the word talk about unbelief here? Because when you are in unbelief, it means the promise will not become reality. You can be in hope and still be in unbelief. When you depend on hope without transitioning from hope to faith by believing the word of God, you will be in unbelief. And the Bible says with unbelief, you can never see the glory of God. Even if the glory of the Lord is presented right next to you, the spirit of the Lord will keep you from recognizing that glory. So Abraham learned that in order for the promise to become a reality in the natural, he had the evidence of it in his heart. But in order for it to become a reality, the Bible says in faith, he faced the fact in the natural. He faced the fact that I, okay, I know the doctor's report said this is incurable. The, the, the condition says this thing cannot be cured, but the word of God. I have believed the word of God. I believe of God, this word of God, because the word says that he is the God who is able to give life to the dead and cause him to be things that were not. So it means that if your situation has been dead for a long time, it doesn't matter how long the condition has been dead. It doesn't matter what the doctors have given you six months to live. We don't care what we do know that in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind that the entrance of his word give it light glory to god that the word of god will resurrect every dead situation that the word of god will cause that which is impossible to become possible because with him all things are possible this is why we put our whole weight and heart on the word of god we believe it just as because we do know that he is the god who is able to give life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so the scripture says, yet he did not waver through. So he faced the fact. So he, he faced the fact. The fact was that it was impossible for him to bear a child. But the word of God had said that I have made you. The Bible says he had believed the word of God just as, which is, I am the father of many nations, that I am the father of many nations, just as the word of God has said. And after he believed the word, now he faced the condition. He faced the condition and said, okay, I know what the natural says. The natural says it is impossible for me to bear a child. And also on top of that, my wife is 90 years old. Her womb is dead. So I cannot bear, it, 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 the natural said I can't bear a child. But the Bible says, he said he did not waver through unbelief. The verse 20. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith. The reason why he was able to be strengthened in his faith, because he had already believed the word of God and he had the evidence of what he hoped for in his heart. So when you have something that dwells in your heart, no amount of shouting, no amount of people ridiculing you, no amount of anything in the flesh or in the natural can convince you otherwise. If you believe that 2 plus 2 is 4, and you believe it in your heart, can somebody come and bring all theories or bring anything and change that your perception about it? No. You cannot be taught otherwise. You will not allow it. You can, you can listen and still say, okay, you go. But I do believe that 2 plus 2 is 4. That is what the Bible is saying. That Abraham did not waver. He faced the fact 
See, he did not ignore it, that it was impossible for him to bear a child. No, he did not ignore it. He faced it. He said, okay, the natural says it's impossible because Cyrus womb is dead. At 90 years old, your womb is dead. You can't, father, you can't, you can't mother a child. That's fine. Yet, the Bible says, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith. And what did he do? And gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. That is how God wants us to live. That is the life of faith. That you have believed the word of God and you are fully persuaded. When you are fully persuaded, nobody, even if that somebody points a gun at you and says, say otherwise, you say, no, 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 I believe the word of God. They can knock it out of you. No, 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 no. Abraham became fully persuaded by the word of God. And that full persuasion came only because he had believed the word in his heart. If you were Abraham was hanging in, maybe, maybe, maybe so, I hope so, the fact in the natural would have deceived him and he would have been in unbelief and the promise will not become a reality. And if the promise does not become a reality, it does not mean that the promise of God had changed. No. If we read Hebrews 6, the Bible tells us that God's promise for the believer doesn't change. But the problem is, the fact that it has been, the promise of God has been established by the grace of God for you in the spirit, doesn't mean it will come to pass. The only way that it can come to pass in your life is by faith. And this faith comes by believing. You come to the point of faith. By believing the word of God and being fully persuaded by the word. And one of the things you begin to see for somebody who has fully believed the word of God, that although the situation has not changed yet, they know it's going to change. They know that they are healed. What would they do? The scripture says, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. He said, he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. That is one of the signs. If you have been fully persuaded by the word of God, you begin to give glory to God for what he has done. And when you give glory to God, it's a sign. You see, he prays. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. As you praise God for what he has done, then you are giving him the opportunity to work on your situation. You're giving him the opportunity to cause it to manifest because his works have already been finished through Christ Jesus. And so the Bible says the promise of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So that healing, that promise that you want God to come through for you, it is already established in him. Him. All that God is waiting for you, you see, you're not God, you are not waiting on God. God is waiting for you for you to come to the point of faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, this is what the Spirit has allowed us to discuss this morning. Uh, this was not the path that I that I intended to go on. We're still tackling the subject. Uh, uh, causes of unbelief and how it manifests and what we've discussed today we're going to pick some of it up when we finish we'll wrap the causes of unbelief next week uh, we allow the holy spirit to move and so if the spirit found it necessary that we should go this path then we yield to the holy spirit to take that path and as i always do now transitioning into another area the ministry healing because the subject 
the subject that we're discussing is healing. And so the instruction the Lord has given us is to go out, proclaim the good news of the gospel. Teach, proclaim the good news. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the leper. And so everywhere I go, as I'm given the opportunity, I pray for the sick. And by the grace of God, Jesus has been healing many. Anyone who would believe, anyone who receive, we've seen cancer shrunk. We've seen barren women receive a baby. We've seen bleeding cease instantly. We've seen pain leave people. The several we've seen diabetes healed. We've seen even chronic conditions flee from people by this word of God. So if you have the sound of my voice and you have heard this word, the scripture says, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. And I want to say you may not necessarily be sick, but you know someone who is sick, a relative. You can stand in for the person. We read in Matthew 8, the centurion came to Jesus, seeking healing for his servant. He believed for his servant. So you can stand in for somebody. But the only way that the word can become a reality in your life or in that person's life is when you believe. When you believe the word of God which says by his stripes you are healed. Glory to God. The moment you believe it. The evidence of the word begins to spread forth in your heart. So right now you see that there is an understanding that has come to you. But when you believe the word, when you believe the word, the anointing you are given Jesus, because I am not a healer, Jesus is, but he is at work in us. The spirit of the Lord is upon us because he has anointed us to proclaim goodness, to heal the sick. So if you are sick in any part of your body, I want you to touch the place right now. By the understanding of the word and by you receiving and believing the word of God. This is the thought that I want you to have. Believe the word which says, by his stripes that I am healed. If you can align with this word of God which says that Jesus himself took up your infirmities and bore your disease. Then I want you to touch the place where that sickness is. We don't care. It can be a mental health condition. It can be somebody who is on a deathbed right now. Cancer. Doctors have given up on the person. But the healing anointing of the Lord Jesus is in this place. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. And how you went about doing good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And in Psalm 107, the verse 20, we read the Bible says when the Israelites were afflicted, they cried unto the Lord. And the Bible says, He sent forth His word and healed them. Glory to God. So this morning, all that I've given to you, when Peter met the layman at the temple gate called beautiful, he said, what I do have, I give you. What did he have? Faith in the name of Jesus. So this morning, what I do have, I give you. The healing anointing of the Lord Jesus. Faith in Christ Jesus. Faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in the word of God. Which is a healer. The word is the healer. Because Jesus is the living word of God. And he is the healer. There is nothing impossible for this God. 
So if you're sick in any part of your body, I want you to touch that place. And this is the thought that I want you to have. That by His stripes, you are healed. So if you can align with me with the word of God on this, glory to God. Then I want to pray for you. And now, you seed of Satan. You spirit of infirmity. We do not care how long you've been there. We do not care whether it's a chronic condition. We do not care whether it's a mental health condition. I command you now in the name of Jesus. Come out right now. For it is written, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The scripture says, the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by the stripes that we are healed. And the scripture says, that when they were afflicted and they cried unto him, he sent for this word and healed them. He delivered them from the grave. The Lord said in Luke 10, is that I give you authority to trample upon snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. So you see that Satan, you have no authority over anyone in the sound of my voice. I command you now in the name of Jesus, get out of my body. If it is pain, you're going to see that that pain will live from you right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the condition. I command you now to cease to exist right now in the name of Jesus. Get out, you seed of darkness. You have no authority over anyone at the sound of my voice. Because the Bible says that the entrance of his word gave it life. He said, now the Lord is a spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. You are set free. You are set free by the power of his word. The any remnant of that condition. Oh, glory to God. You will see a difference in our body right now. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, you seed of darkness. Come out of the body. You can stay. Get out now in the name of Jesus. Come out now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Also now, I want you to lift up your hands and begin to praise God. You are healed. Whoever you're standing in for is healed. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you for your healing power. We thank you for the revelation of your word. We thank you for the demonstration of the power of the word. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Because the scripture says, Oh, at the name of Jesus, that every knee should bow, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This morning, you've been set free. Whoever you stood in for is healed. Is healed. So from now, don't change that confession. Don't change that confession. Continue to hold fast to the word of God which says that by his strength you are healed. Father, I thank you. And now, this is your song. That sickness can't stay in your body any longer. Today is the day you are set free from any condition. Any condition. Even that we don't care how long it's been. That the word of God has been released in faith. And I want you to hold on to that word in your heart. That you are healed. That you are healed. That you are healed. Oh, in the remnant of a condition. In the stress. My skin you seed of darkness. I command you now in the name of Jesus. Get out of that body. I rebuke you now by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the word of God. The Bible says that resist him and he'll flee from you. So I resist you now in the name of Jesus. For it is written that himself, Jesus of Nazareth, took up the eye promises and bore their sins. Oh, praise God. You are set free. Praise God. You are set free. You have been healed. You are set free. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. 
Oh Father, we thank you. We bless you. I want you to lift up your hands and begin to praise God. The Bible says, Abraham was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Being fully persuaded. Being fully persuaded. So we are fully persuaded that you are healed in the name of Jesus. You see what Satan will begin to do? He will begin to whisper in the mind and say, how can you say you are healed? Reject that voice. That is the voice of the enemy. He's a liar anyway. You are set free. You are set free in the name of Jesus. You are healed by the power of his word, by the powers of his anointing. Father, we thank you. Oh, receive the glory. We thank you that you have revealed yourself this morning, that you have touched every heart at the sound of my voice, that you have brought your word in our power and authority, and you have set them free from whatever binds them. Lord, I thank you for everyone at the sound of my voice. They took time to hear your word, oh Father. The Bible says your word has not come in vain, but always come to fulfill that what you desire and accomplish the purpose for which you sent it. And so, Father, if there is any burden on your heart, I thank you that the word has taken away that burden. If there is anything that he expected from you this week by the power of the anointing, oh, I cause that into full manifestation in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Oh, the miracle of the living God, the glory of the risen Christ. Father, I thank you that you've spoken to our heart this morning, that you have revealed yourself in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.